Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast. On a Thursday, we're going to preview the USC game against the California Golden Bears with Keely Yor, who's in studio with me. Follow on Twitter at Keely is my name and all of her work at uscfootball.com. Good morning, Keely, or good afternoon, Keely, whatever it is. Hello, hello, Ryan. We're podcasting earlier than usual because it's a, an unusual week this week. Yeah, I guess it is good morning because we're not yeah. quite noon yet. Before no. we're, we're doing a little different because, like I said, we were going to preview USC's game against Cal, and uh, that was postponed because of uh, COVID-19 stuff. So yeah. that's first game this season in college football that has been. So, of course, USC's involved somehow. Never a dull moment. That's that's the case with USC, which yeah. is just crazy. So we'll go over that, what went down. We were at practice this week when so the word came down and uh, initial thoughts of what was wrong and now the, you know, getting some reports out there of what actually has been going on. So there's a lot we'll get to with that. We got to talk about the injury situation around USC it might be an opportunity, this kind of extra bye week to get some guys healthy. Uh, but if you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com and you can call or text us at 424-254. 9141. If you have the Apple Podcasting app, please leave us leave us a five-star rating and a review. And if you do that, you're going to be eligible to win a $50 Trader Joe's gift card. And I guess we got a pretty good review this week you liked, Keely. So yes, I our, did. We have a winner. It's it's Maria in Santa Ana. She's my girl, and you'll see why at the oh, end. Okay. okay. Sure. Uh, she gave us five stars, and she says thank you to the entire team. Five stars. The more podcast content you guys put out, the more housework gets done. Thank you, Ryan, and the entire squad. My husband loves listening to the shows while he cleans up or works out. From the Family Feud pod to the Parastyle pod with the coach, and of course, Tunnel Vision. Each show has its own style with different characters like Cousin Chris on the one show or Co- Coach Hyde on another. Uh, Keely brings the show together nicely, hosting most episodes. The Parastyle p- team puts out so much content for fans, you'll never have to wait long for your USC fix. Maria and Santa Ana, P.S. Go Angels, Keely. Boom. Oh, Look at that. Go a, Angels. An OC girl yep. who wins the gift card. So uh, is it Marie or Maria? Maria, I believe. Maria. Okay. Um, send if us, I'm wrong, I'm sorry. No, my, yeah, no apologies. Angels fan Marie uh, sent, or what? Maria. Uh, Maria. <laughs> Uh, sorry, sorry about that sorry. again. We're going to send you a gift card though. 50 bucks. So Ta-da. if we butcher your name, we send you a gift card. It's a really hard name. Marie or Maria. Um, Maria. Yeah. So send us a gift card. I mean, send us your email <laughs> send us a gift card. Yeah. Can yeah. you tell we're podcasting in the morning? <laughs> send us a gift card. No, I will send you a gift card. If you email me and send me your address and we will send you a gift card out in the snail mail. And we do appreciate Trader Joe's, uh, Thanksgiving time. It's coming up, Keely. It's coming up fast. So we're recording this on 11-11. Uh, happy Veterans Day, everyone, yeah. by the way. Yeah, uh, thank you for that. everyone in their service. Yes. Uh, it's just, it's some friends, I didn't even realize, like, you know, you're getting older now, Keely. Like, your friend's like, oh, yeah, I was in, in the Army in my 20s. Like, you were? Like, I didn't even know that, you know? So um, great stuff, though. But anyone that, that, you know, we thank all of you for your service out there. Um, but if you happen to go by Trader Joe's, today's the 11th, tomorrow, the 12th, they have their turkeys in. So fresh turkeys will be in there. 
So remember, if you're going to get frozen turkey, if you can't buy it like the day before Thanksgiving, um, you know, kind of work it out. But they have three different kinds. Uh, there is a all-natural antibiotic, uh, free brined young fresh turkey for a buck ninety-nine a pound, and then they have a all-natural kosher fresh young turkey for two ninety-nine a pound, and then there's an organic uh, young turkey or free range that are three forty-nine a pound. So there's a bunch of different options over there at Trader Joe's. Um, get over there. Do, do your Thanksgiving. Are you big? I'm a big Thanksgiving person. I know you are. You kind of made Thanksgiving bigger for me just by watching you over the years. Your really? excitement for Thanksgiving. Yeah, like oh. it's like an event. Well, obviously it's a holiday, but like you like deep fry the turkey. Like that's your brand in my mind. It's a yeah. It's an event. It's a competition. No, I'm just like uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go. My cousin lives out in Temecula with her and her family. She's kind of more of a, a vegan family. That but, seems like a problem for you. Right, right. But they'll do regular. I'm going to deep fry a turkey out there for them. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Uh, th- I'm just worried about the sides because I like, you know, I like staples like mashed potatoes, stuffing, yeah, uh, you know, gravy and all this stuff. The the part when you do deep fry a turkey, there's no like drippings that you can make the gravy out of and stuff. So you can use like the, the giblets or whatever. You can cut up the, the little pieces and, and make a gravy out of that. But okay. the drippings, you know, if you're going to roast a turkey in the oven. The drippings are what you base the gravy off of. So okay, good to know. This yeah. is saying you're the Thanksgiving expert. I'm not. It is so good. Yeah, um, I just love. I just love, and then like the leftovers, and just always make extra turkeys. Like, oh, you're gonna have four people. Let's make two turkeys. You know, because we want one for leftovers and stuff. Nice, so. nice. Uh, but thanks to Trader Joe's again, and uh, to Trader Joe's. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess we gotta start with uh, some. Breaking news. It sounds a little depressing, breaking news, but uh, we have the weekend off. <laughs> Woohoo! Keely asked me, bye. She asked me before the show, what are you going to do? I'm like, yeah, I'm playing a golf tournament now. I'm playing a volleyball tournament. It's like, a full Ryan Abraham weekend. You got to do it. You know, uh, what are we going to do? Um, but I'm yes. surprised you're not already booked your international flight somewhere. No, <laughs> for the weekend? Yeah. Um, we did have a, on our little board here, uh, we had, me, so David Woods and I do the uh, podcast for Champions. We'll be recording a little bit later on today. Um Last year, there were so many games that were canceled. We made a drop that said "COVID canceled." So, it was like, oh, so we would drop be like, it. "I don't." I, I got rid of it because, oh. like, I didn't assume we were going to use it again. And uh, <laughs> it's back. We need to use. Well, yeah, kind of use it, but uh, it was just like David, I think, doing like "COVID canceled," something along those lines. <laughs> but we'd be like, "Oh, Cal visiting Washington State," and then you hit the button, "COVID canceled." Okay, we can't talk about that one. Move on to the next one. You know, uh, so we had to do that a lot last year. It's not weird. It's just like. Yeah, we did that a bunch. It's surreal. A year ago, it was yeah. like crazy. Yeah. Um, the first game in college football in 2021 that is postponed because of a COVID outbreak. We did, so we came to practice. We were driving to practice. You guys were on campus. Yeah. Everyone started getting word. Games canceled, games canceled. Like Yeah. And I, when you texted me originally, I thought it was the basketball game because that was the opening night of basketball. I wasn't even thinking that was, the football was, game was canceled. Like, I was trying to text fast, and so I didn't think I needed to clarify you, Mr. Never Talk About Basketball, that right. I had to clarify it was the basketball game. It well, was the football game. I knew Shaka was going to the basketball game, so I was just like, oh, something happened. What was it, like Cal State Northridge or whoever it was? Like, it was uh, CSUN, I believe. CSUN, yeah. Um, oh, which is probably Northridge. Isn't that? <laughs> yeah, my bad. Okay. So they have the cool sign, by the way, if you go to Northridge. I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, like you drive by it, it looks the same from all the different directions. But anyway, uh, yeah. So then we're like, oh, crap, something's going to go down. And then we're at practice, and everyone that went by was kind of funny. Like Mike Bone was there, the athletic director, chief of staff Brandon Sosna was there, Tim <laughs> Tesalone, the, the sports information director who's retiring, and Everyone was pretty like 
looking at it with like the shoulders off, like, ah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what a never dull moment, you know, like where they're just like, yeah, this is what we do. And it was just, I'm like, yeah. Tim, you're going out with a bang, you know? And Mike Bone walked by and was like, just another walk in the park. And, <laughs> and uh, Tim was like, we'll get more information soon. And then got cut off by a, his phone ringing. And he was like, and that's Cal calling right now. And yeah. he walked away. Like there's a lot of just, it was kind of frantic for everyone but there was kind of like bonding in that the fact that like everyone on the the field looked frantic and just like they didn't know what was happening so it was pretty crazy it was it felt like old usc days when you're just standing there like what is happening what yeah are like, we covering wait, right why now? is sark not here like there's just like there was this weird stuff and then where everyone's trying to figure it out at the same time yeah, as you like, you know sending texts and yeah. all this stuff like what is going on and so you have so we get to practice and you know, Keaton Slovis wasn't practicing. Um, you know, would he have if it was just regular week? You know, he had a sleeve on his left knee. We'll talk about the injuries and stuff in a little bit. Um, and we get word like, hey, it's going to be a quick practice instead of the normal Tuesday. It's going to be like an hour long thing. Yeah. We usually watch for 45 minutes and they send us up to the aquatic center to watch. You're like, no, I think, yeah, Dante Williams comes over. It's like, just stay here. We're only going to be here for like an hour anyway. Yeah. So we're not preparing for a game. So everyone's kind of chill. Like, yeah, we don't yeah. know. And then we usually get all the offensive players and Dante Williams. We just got, um, you know, Dante Williams on on that evening. But it was just kind of surreal that it was like, this is all kind of going on, like, right now as we're talking and just trying to figure it out. And, like, while we were at practice is when we found out, you know, it was postponed as opposed to canceled. Yeah. Um, that they moved it. And, uh, you know, the fact that USC, there were some options there, you know, because this year – you could forfeit a game if COVID if you if you miss a game because of COVID and it's your team's fault, you can forfeit. And USC needs to win two of its last three games. A forfeit would obviously get you that much closer to bowl eligibility, which we'll talk about in a little bit too. But they had a choice. And just from talking to Dante Williams, he seemed really excited about playing. The players wanted to play. It's the right thing to do for Cal, give them an opportunity to play because there was that open date. Neither team is going to make the Pac-12 championship game, so it's postponed until December 4th, which is the day after the Pac-12 championship game. That's a Friday night in uh, Las Vegas. This will be a Saturday in Berkeley. We don't know the um, channel or anything yet. The so, time, yeah. yeah. So we're, we'll figure all that kind of stuff out. But it was interesting that USC, I mean – they had to agree to this and they go to the commissioner and they're like, yeah, you can play this game and it's it's good for everybody. But USC could have said, nah, we'll just take the win and walk away. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. We got to talk to, it was like a, a weird grouping of like captains and, and star players, I guess it was, it was uh Ben Griffiths, Isaiah Pulamau, Chris Steele and Keontae Ingram talked to us for the first time since the, the news came out yesterday after Wednesday's practice. And I thought this quote from Griffiths was interesting. And he said a, a big part of going to bowl games is earning it. And he said, I think that's why I'm grateful we still get to play the game on the fourth is to earn it. We shouldn't be just handed to it. We shouldn't just be handed it. And so I thought that attitude was probably a good one to have. You know, he said everyone on this team came here to play in bowl games and we want to earn it. So um, I think that's the interesting thing is this team, you know, if you look at the ASU loss, they just look defeated. You know, they just look like they know it's not working. Things aren't really going their way. And now you extend the season another week. Ooh. You have to keep this iteration together. Will it be together as far as coaching staff and whatnot come the fourth? Not sure. We'll see. But, you know, it, it bleeds into 
early signing period, all that type of stuff. So it's just an interesting wrinkle on an already interesting season, just how unique it's been given the fact that they've had an interim head coach since week three. Um, so can yeah. you keep the team together? Can things keep going their way? I mean, the fact that USC is ending its regular season in an away game, I think is interesting. And the fact that they're not going to end up ending it against BYU, it's going to be a pactful opponent. Again, an interesting wrinkle. Just like things like that, I just think it'll be – I'm very curious to see how this team kind of goes for the final stretch because we could be waiting till Berkeley to see if this team can even go bowling. Yeah, you find out about the Bulls the following day. So USC is going to be waiting now. So if USC splits UCLA and BYU, then you know, okay, you beat Cal um, and you can go bowling. And so I don't even know if like the Bulls are going to win and wait that long. Yeah. Like, you know, could they get – could they become bowl eligible and get shut out of a bowl? Like there's True. a lot of weird stuff yeah. that could happen depending on how many bowl eligible teams there are. I mean, they could go lose to UCLA and lose to BYU and then the game doesn't matter at all. Um, yeah. You know, so there's uh there's that as well. It looks like, um, you know, what, from what you were saying, yeah, like this is one of those seasons where it, you never want the season to just end because like we wait for months and months for college football, you yeah. know? It's like you're waiting for Christmas. You're waiting for Christmas. And like you open two toys like, ah, I didn't get what I wanted. I just want this to be over. Like, no, you waited a long time for Christmas. Like, it's still Christmas. Like, you still open those socks. Like, get that, you know, that start shirt, whatever you want. Like, just open it. You know, you got the the wrappings at least, um, even if you don't like your presents. This is one of those things where it's probably better for all parties involved to just kind of end the season. You know, the there was opportunities for Dante Williams and this coaching staff to – Make have this team go on a run. Obviously, they have not. You can still scratch out a bowl, you know, which is fine. And they haven't won a bowl game since the 2016 season when they won the Rose Bowl. Which That's is the last time. Crazy. Last time they won a bowl game. So there is something to play for there. But when you have a head, like the most important thing that's going to happen over the next month isn't USC making a bowl. It would be hiring your head coach. Yeah. If this impacts that in any way. There's reasons why Mike Bone would not want to add one more week onto the season. It certainly adds a week, uh, you know, it takes away a week of recruiting. But just looking back on that as well, Keely, so everyone, so the early signing periods, was it December 16th or something like that? December 15th, I yeah. believe. So middle of December, to be fair, they're not really recruiting right now. Like it might even help recruiting to like sort of extend the season a little yeah, bit longer maybe. because like they're not. They weren't going to go out that weekend and go visit. I mean, I don't. I mean, it's a wa- this recruiting cycle is kind of a wash in that sense. Yeah the the only thing that's going to get an uptick on this recruiting cycle is hiring a head coach. Yeah. So you don't want this to delay hiring a head coach. We've seen announcements already. You know, like Texas Tech hires like McGuire from BYU. I'm sorry, BYU from uh, Baylor, and he's left. He left Baylor. Like you know. The, just walked away like okay i'm going over right now i'm going to start at texas tech um jim mora just got hired by yukon random um very random but like start now like you need to have people in place before the season is that's not the way it's been so i think we have to be on hyper alert here um now usc's probably going after someone that's still coaching but if in any way you can make the hire and announce it before the season's over, that's going to help the recruiting quite a bit. Yeah, but I feel like this admin would rather just make the right choice. And if that means this recruiting class is not the best it could be, then that's what it is. I think it's more about foundation laying than 
maybe making the quick grab for one recruiting class, you know? In right. That sense. I would say, no, I agree with you, but I would say like, say it's, I mean, just for example, it's like Luke Fickle. All right. So he's a Cincinnati guy. They've had a relationship. He's hired him once before. If that's who you're zeroed in on and you've had negotiations and they come to an agreement, but like, yeah, I'm going to wait till after the season. It still would be nice to, for USC to say, hey, you know, this is our, we guy. Have our guy. Yeah, yeah. Like if you can announce it, not, not that you would hire someone now because you want it done early. Just if you can, if you've identified the person before his season is over, you can announce it. Like that's not that you would speed up the hire. Just that if you know who it is and they've agreed and it was going to be after the season, like, I don't know if that's going to be a common practice anymore. Like if you're going to leave, usually you're leaving a lesser job for a better job, right? Like yeah. if you're, if you're you know, LSU has got an opening and if, if it's Dave Aranda Baylor, or is it Mel Tucker at, at Michigan State? It's a bump up to go. You know, Nick Saban did it. He went from Michigan State to LSU. I get it. You're having a great season at Michigan State, but if you're like, uh, nope, I gotta go. <laughs> like, I gotta go do my new job. Um, it's it just seems like because of the early signing period, you can't wait around that much. You're gonna, yes, you want to be loyal to the people that you're there for, but your future could be yeah. compromised by not coming in as if you know you're going. You want to get that recruiting class going if you can. So. Yeah. I mean, and we've talked about this before. I just really don't like where the early signing period is. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's one of the worst things in college football. <laughs> the saying a lot, but yes. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, who does it help, honestly? <laughs> I don't think it helps anybody. It hurts, like, yeah, I mean, it, it hurts more people than it helps, I would think. You yeah. know, like if you're the, the, the quarterback that's been committed for two years, and you want to sign in like July or something? Cool, go ahead. Like I think it's both. They meant it to be early. Like there's some people that just want to sign early. Yeah. Not everybody sign early. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um. There's a reason why you wait until after the bowl season. Give opportunities to hire coaches and all this stuff. So. All right. So that's the Cal game. Um. Very. Uh. You know. Unfortunate news. Now we talked. We did a, a live instant analysis afterwards. Yeah, we and- did. I thought like John Wilner does a great job and uh, a lot of people were commenting. It seemed like there was some sort of combination between the city of Berkeley, like Berkeley's health department, like the, the university health department and you know, the players, coaches and stuff of what was going on. We thought contact tracing was a big deal. Like they were like, you're using the old protocols. They are forcing these tests where they didn't need them. Um, now it sounds a little, I don't know if you read more. It sounds a little different to me now. Okay. It sounds like, there was 44 like confirmed positive cases. Like there wasn't like two people got it and they're asymptomatic and then everyone got contact traced out. That's the word we were kind of getting initially was like, okay, that's terrible. Like if, you know, it doesn't seem like anyone's sick. It doesn't seem like, it seems like most people were asymptomatic. They haven't released like numbers and all that stuff, but there were like the 24 people that missed the Arizona game for Cal were positive cases. And so they did more tests and so i think that invited more tests um so initially i was like don't blame the players don't blame and there's definitely more blame to go around i don't you know you everyone assumed it was like hey this is just berkeley being berkeley and they fought back like the city has fought back like hey dude you got like 44 positive cases like we you know there's nothing we didn't do that like that's you guys um, and so then there's, you know, and the, they're throw, there's some shade being thrown around up there because the players came out adamant, like, this is the health department, this is the city, you know, they were like crushing them saying that they're forcing us to take these tests. One of the players said, like, they said we could be arrested if we didn't get tested. 
Um, which they, they they didn't back down from saying that, but there was like if you're not following health county guidelines, it like, was like an extreme example. Yes, it was like an extreme example or whatever. But um, there are real like people aren't sick, but they're real positive cases, and they're optimistic that they can play in big game. The you know you the uh, Cal Stanford game coming up, but uh, you know people and and now you know I I believe you can like. It's normal. I think they're doing it normal where you can like test out of stuff, not like you before you get a positive case and you're like you're on the show for a year or whatever, you know. Um, not quite that, but yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so from reading the, the the reports that came out afterwards, it's like, well, they have a lot of really positive cases. And so what were they doing in there? Were they not wearing masks when they're in you know, some of the stuff? Um, but I think it got triggered once you had a few cases, then they did more testing and then there was a lot more mm. cases. Now if this was at Alabama, would like if you weren't sick, probably no one's te- like you probably don't care. Like they're not gonna do it. But yeah, so there might be a little bit of like you know California Berkeley kind of stuff. Plus positives equals yes, like it's gonna yeah yeah. Uh, but to be fair, like you you know I you know, tweeted about the city of Berkeley and stuff. Like this seems more of like you know maybe they did some stuff, but if you have that many cases, you got that many cases, you know. Yeah, it's honestly it's just too much politics for me to fully understand like yeah. i just i was like okay game's canceled moving on you know true yeah if uh, i if i was covering berkeley then i would definitely take a deep dive but i was just like you know what this is messy and <laughs> oh it's completely messy i don't and, uh, need to know the exact specifics we're like I, I haven't heard of any sort of like problem at all in the country right like as far as college football goes like there's not like there wasn't like oh this team played this team and everyone got sick I think there was like a baseball game early on and like one, like the Marlins or someone had like all these like oh, yeah. cases and then, but they played like the Indians or something and like nobody in the Indians got sick. It was like, but if you were like in the same indoor room, like being on the field, like playing against someone, it, it's probably not that big of a deal. So I'm sure this has happened at other places yeah. and they've probably let like asymptomatic players play, um, but they've had to increase the testing, and now there's like a whole bunch of like actual cases. So it seems like asymptomatic cases. Um, but anyway, the game's postponed. That Cal's pretty optimistic that they'll be able to go forward from here. Um, Justin Wilcox said, the head coach for Cal, that they followed all of the protocols. They're not perfect, you know. Obviously, I don't think they followed a lot. <laughs> there's some things they probably didn't follow, but I. The pro- but the problem is, I think there was like. It's easy. It's going to be easier to get caught, you know. Whether if you have more co- positive cases, like a place like Berkeley than other places, but who knows? I don't know. This is we're uh, yeah, no game this weekend. No game. Get to have some fun. Pretty crazy. It's um, weird. We were like, walking away from instant analysis last night, and Chaka was like, "I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> like this is just so odd. Like it's just such a whirlwind. You're going like 100 miles per hour in the season. The bye week is like the one reprieve, and then you get another one. It's like what?" What yeah. Do, what do I do with myself? And so in USC canceled media availability. So we usually get Dante we, Williams. This morning. Thursday we didn't morning. have that presser. Nope. Uh, no presser on Sunday night. Yeah. No Sunday night presser. So we'll get to talk to people again on Tuesday. Tuesday. So it's pretty much like. A, and we haven't even been able to talk to coordinators yet. Yeah. Like So we it's been a good bit. So. Yeah. Like after the game or anything. Well, I guess we could talk no, no, to them right well, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't get to talk to them this week and we barely got to talk to players. So. Yeah. A little odd. A little odd. Um, 
injury updates from USC. So, you know, we saw Liam Jimmins leave the Arizona State game. He was out. What was his? Did they? There was like a lower. It's a it's a knee injury, knee, and okay. um, just from asking around, it doesn't sound too serious, which is good considering it looked pretty painful yeah. uh, when it happened. But uh, so he has been out this week um, and didn't practice. And and Wednesday's practice was no pads. It was kind of a lighter practice. It only was an hour or so. Um, it was it was funny because Chris and I always say like, oh, this guy wasn't dressed out. And then we showed up on Wednesday and we're like, everyone's not dressed out. This right. is harder for us. But uh, yeah, so Jimmins, I don't think there is too much concern there. But once again, we need to talk to Clay McGuire and figure that out. But that doesn't seem too bad. But Cortland Ford did return. And uh, oh, okay. yeah, he did return, but he has been practicing with the second team this week. So that's a little interesting development there. We also found out Corey Foreman was going through concussion protocol. So he was yep. not dressed on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Obviously not. Um, I don't think he was in attendance on Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Keaton Slovis, you know. Um, knee sleeve. Knee sleeve on his knee. left knee. Did, was not in pads on Tuesday. You know, didn't practice Wednesday. Yep. Um, so it was Jackson Dart and Miller Moss getting all the the reps it looked yeah. like. Yeah, which is interesting just because Shaka noted this, and I kind of agreed after after hearing him and watching. Just seems smoother when one guy can just take all the reps. You know, you're not having that split in practice. So I wonder how that would affect if USC just goes into one quarterback system, you know, yeah. going forward. Um, so we'll see about that. Uh, Dante Williams couldn't pinpoint exactly when Keen Slovis got hurt. And then uh, no. RJ Abadia asked Keontae Ingram, could you tell when Keaton was hurt what happened there? And he was like, no, I couldn't tell. But like he played through it. So interesting there. Not sure when that happened. But we'll see. This is all very strange as far as the quarterback situation goes. You know, we crushed them. All of us talked about the um, two quarterback system. Just didn't make much sense. Yeah. Um, the feeling you get is Graham Harrell's. You know, pretty loyal to Keaton Slovis. Yeah. Dante Williams needs some kind of spark, and that's you know Jackson Dart. Um, I don't know. I mean, my my gut is they're going to do a one QB system going forward. They just can't keep going like this. You want to try to make a bowl, you have to give yourself a best yeah. chance. And you know, especially if Keaton's banged up, like, and that's what Dante said. Point to Jackson Dart. You know? He was like, if 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 Keaton's hurt, then there is no competition, you know, which poor Miller Moss, he doesn't get included in this conversation, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. And I mean, I think it sounded like from their comments that the ASU game was proof to them that it didn't really work. Like both quarterbacks just did not play well. And I asked Graham Harrell after the game, I was like, would you prefer to play one quarterback? And he mentioned how, um, does affect the rhythm like it, it does impact their comfortability in the game but then he added the caveat but we have two talented players that we want to play yeah and i just don't know how much to be quite honest i don't know how much i believe him on that front but yeah we'll see it's funny dante williams seemed kind of smile like on tuesday seemed kind of smiley you know like when he came over it was just like yeah you guys stay and the way he was talking to us like i don't know he just seemed like a little more upbeat I, I don't know. Did it seem that way to you? or uh, I don't know. I think you might be reading into things. Maybe, yeah. I, th- I think that's just how he is at times. Yeah, we'll see. Like, he seemed, I don't know, he, felt, he seemed like a little optimistic, but um, I mean, I mean, maybe just getting the week to, off to rest his players. He's happy about that. Yeah. Or, uh, but we will see going forward. We'll be back out there on Tuesday. Um, but the bowl game aspirations, uh, well, Keontae Ingram, too. He has an ankle, but 
he looked like he'll be okay. It's the same ankle that uh, hurt him in fall camp. Fall or? camp, yeah. Which I mean, Mike Jinks was just talking about how uh, Keontae is finally healthy from that, and that's why he's kind of been been taking off. But the fact that that happened again, and the thing is, is Keontae said he's fine. He was like, "Yeah, running backs are always dinged up at this point in the season." Yeah. But I mean, he also said he was fine in fall camp, and that ended up hampering him for a bit. So we'll have to watch that for sure. But I mean. Overall, we're going to have to watch how offenses just respond to Drake London being out. I mean, they loaded the box, expected, and they expected USC to just use Keontae Ingram as their main uh, weapon in the offense, and that's what USC did, and obviously it didn't work out. So yeah. USC is going to have to figure out how to to make up for Drake London. I don't think you can because he's just that incredible of a player, but there has to be something else. Yeah, there was like all the drop eight stuff before. Now it's just like man coverage. We're gonna st- you know yeah. stack the box, like try to beat us. Which is crazy that we're talking about USC's wide receivers being covered in man to man coverage. You know, like that was something where we would say, hey, if you try and play man to man against USC, good luck. You know, why would you ever do that? And now ASU proved that you can do that. Yeah. Well, so. yeah. Now, without Drake London, it's. Uh... It's not been, and the, you know, just system, the system has not been great. You know, it's just not been a great offensive yeah. system right yeah. now. So, yeah. Um, but the bowl game aspirations are something that you know could you could argue just end the season now, like we were just saying before. Like you're going to add another week to the regular season. Say you make like the Los Angeles Bowl. That's like the 17th or 18th of December, something like that. So like right around, you know, during the early signing period, you know, you got a couple weeks after the end of the regular season before you make this work. And you have, to be honest, you're going to have coaches. A lot of these coaches won't be back. We don't know which ones or whatever, but they know that they're going to be looking for jobs. You know, like this is a bowl game's not like a slam dunk, like you want to do it, but it sounds like from everyone we talked to Dante Williams, especially, um, they want a bowl game. Yeah. They want to play in a bowl game. Yeah. So, we shall see. Yeah. I mean, the players seem like, yeah, dude, we're going to do it. And, uh, you know, we, like we said, I haven't got to talk to a lot of people yet, but just, yeah, it doesn't, you're not you know, in, you know, Drake London was asked about this when he was healthy. Yeah. Like he could shut it down during the season if he wanted to, let alone for a bowl game. And he was like, no, man, I want to play in a bowl game yeah, too. The week before he got injured, which was so heartbreaking in that yeah. sense. But I mean, and, and, but to be fair, the people who answered that question were USC's captains, the ones that are, you know, have been elected to speak for the team who are more um, articulate in that sense. So I think maybe they're saying the things that need to be said rather sure. than they're not going to come out there and say, yeah, we're all really tired and we're kind of just like meh about the season. You know, we don't know who our coach is going to be. We're just like, yeah, let's just, let's yeah, just you, they it. would never say that publicly. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. It's funny. They, I, I've talked to some reporters on the sidelines at practice and some people are like, why would you want to do that? And it's like, well, you know, you get a swag bag. You know, there's, swag there's stuff bag. you get like, um, now I don't know. It's just, I mean, I, for us, I want to go to the LA ball. I've not been to SoFi yet. I want to like get, see the media credentials for that place. That'd that would be, cool. be interesting. I mean, you and shotgun given, uh, arguments on the sideline about this, but shotgun's argument is that, you know, bowl game, going to a bowl game unlocks 15 more practices that for younger guys would be very valuable to just get that more uh, development time, especially the COVID guys who didn't have a senior season, but you're just like your team shut it down. I think. No, I, I, no, I want to see. I think they should try to do a bowl. Um, I, I could go either way. I'm just not convinced that the way this team is practicing, the 15 practices are like beneficial. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how many it's times have you harsh. said that? Yeah, like 
guys don't seem to be getting better. So like, that's a problem, you know, and and it's tough when you, you get rid of the head coach. So it's sort of like a rudderless ship right now. And just another two weeks at sea for a rudderless ship doesn't really give you that much is, is would be my argument for that. But I, I, I would, I would weigh more on the, I think I'm more on the, like, yeah, I mean, if the kids want it, that's what I would want for them. Like yeah. if they want to play in a bowl game, if most of them were like, screw this, I want out, then don't. But um, if they want to, I would, they've gone through enough. They have had enough failures from the adults in the room uh, around them that if they were like, you know what, I really want to go to a bowl game and get a whatever bag full, like, you know, a little Yeti, like cooler thing or whatever they, they give you like, boom, I mean, give me some headphones. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all for it. <laughs> okay. So your team, team, uh, whatever the players want. I would see what the players want. Yeah. Okay. Which I, th- I think they want a bowl. So, okay. All right. Uh, what, anything else you want to talk about before we, go I mean, to no, question? it's a weird week. Uh, canceled game. Hey, we get to watch some more college football. That's the exciting thing. Yeah. The only the only time I get to really watch college football is if, if there's a seven thirty game or a bye week, so I'm excited. Yeah, so I like the I, one downside of covering college football. I don't get to see much college football. I try. I mean, I in the press box, I usually have like a screen or two up watching like you know whatever game, especially when I'm you know for the podcast of champions. Oh yeah, you got to be. We on make it. our picks, you know. So I want to, and if Dave picks opposite me, I, I'm watching Oregon State. Like, come on, score, damn it, you know. <laughs> like, um, where I was it? What was it? The game. I forget which game it was. We're in the press box and like the Dodgers were playing. I think USC was getting beat by Oregon state or something. I don't remember what it was, but we're in the press box. And like, I think the Dodgers were like a playoff game was on. So some of the media people are watching that. Like it's the fourth quarter. It's like a blowout. And I'm watching one of the PAC 12 games. Cause I, you know, I had picked the opposite thing and there are people looking around like, no one's paying attention to this game. Like, yeah, it's over. Like this one's <laughs> over. So it was kind of funny. That is funny. All right. Let's, uh, Take a quick break, and we'll come back and answer questions. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. We're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Got some voicemails and some emails and stuff to get to. Um, do you want me to start with a voicemail? Go or? for it. Okay. Let's do this one. Hey, this is Rob. Hey, just want to make a comment. Jay, uh, since London's gone down, uh, USC's played six quarters of football. And as a result, they have one touchdown to show for it. And it was on a quarterback keeper. Um, 
and they were lucky to get that touchdown because player two before that there was a holding penalty that uh allowed USC to get a first down in the red zone so anyway that's all they've got to show for it in six quarters of football and that was against lowly Arizona and a reeling ASU football team so we'll see what happens these last three games but it doesn't spell very good for the future anyway fight on thanks it's all true yeah um that that touchdown drive Jackson Dart threw an interception on, and that was called back for a face mask penalty. So people were getting mad when I wrote my column. Like, you know, I'm like, hey, I don't care who starts, just pick one. And some people were like, oh, that's a Jackson Dart hit piece or something. Like, no, I'm I, I'm saying I don't care which whoever starts, one of them, just pick one. Um, but they were saying like, oh, you pointed out that you know he threw an interception on his touchdown drive, and because Jackson Dart scored, like the two drives that USC scored in early, they were Jackson Dart drives, you know? Also helped by penalties, though. Right, there was a lot of penalties helped, like the, the one field goal, Jackson Dart didn't complete a pass on that scoring drive, Yeah, and the other one, he threw an interception that was called back for a, a penalty that had nothing to do with the interception. Um, so, yeah, there, six quarters and no touchdowns is uh, very concerning. That would be no yep. touchdown passes during that stretch. Um. That's bad. There, yeah, it's it's not great, and I think it just obviously highlights how much Drake London just was a band aid for the deficiencies in this offense and the offensive scheme. I mean, the first thing that that came to my mind was just the fact that London made up for so much of USC's poor blocking with screens, like. <laughs> like he just would catch the ball and just muscle his way to more yards when the blocking was just so poor, you know? So, cause you could see the screens aren't working as well. Not at all. If it's not Drake London, just muscling no, it out. You nobody's know? getting blocked. And I think London was a pretty good blocker too. That probably doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, and that's the thing. I don't think guys are getting schemed open and I don't think right now USC's wide receivers are developed enough to make that separation, you know, or, and then you have quarterbacks who aren't in a rhythm throwing balls behind wide receivers and stuff like that. So it's like, it's just not, it's not a pretty showing. So you want 15 more practices of that is what you're saying? Like, (laughs) (laughs) see, you're making my point. Okay. (laughs) Just kidding. I know what you're saying. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Touche. We got a question um, from Keith who said it's kind of a a similar topic. He said, hey, gang, just catching up a bit on the pods and laugh my way through Ryan's rant on the two QB system. Ryan, you went off on that, by the way. I did. You really did. uh, Tunnel vision. So dumb. And uh, yeah, yeah, I no, put the little video up there. I thought that was good. I, thought, I, nice. I, I didn't prepare, like, it's not like, <laughs> you know, sometimes there's like notes or whatever. Like I had no notes. I was just like, do you ever have notes? No, but like sometimes you, you like a talk show host or whatever. They'll, they'll have an opening monologue. Like I knew what I was going to like, I wanted to open with that or whatever. I know you did. Yes. But I didn't like prepare. I was just like, I was just going to go off. And so. Ryan, you didn't prepare? No. Wow. So I mean, I wrote the column. So I, no, I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. just teasing you. Uh, so Keith said, first, I agree. The way they're running this is ridiculous, poorly executed, and certainly contributing to the cruddy performance overall. And I agree with Shotgun playing slow, play slowest and have spe- a few special packages for Dart. That said, here's a hypo- hypothetical for you to add to Ryan's rant. I want that to be a new segment of the podcast, so I'm braining that for you. And he put a little winky face. Let's say that Dante decides to go with Dart as a starter for the remainder of the year in a one-quarterback system. 
The reasoning being that Keaton goes to the NFL this year and Dart is the guy for next year, so he needs reps and the season is lost anyway. What does that tell quarterbacks in the future under a Dante regime? Remember, this is a hypothetical, Ryan. I think it tells them that as soon as he can, they will be discarded and it will hurt their NFL chances. I believe that the stat shared in the ASU game is that Slovis has the most yards in the Pac-12 despite missing a game and and in this silly system. This has to be viewed long-term as a problem. Thanks. Have a great day, Keith. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Keith. Um, So Keith sounds like he wants Slovis to continue to start, which, you know, I I think would make sense. Um, We'll see if that's what ends up happening or if he goes with Dart. If he's – so if he's the permanent head coach, that could be something that would be used against you in recruiting and all that kind of stuff. Um, But in this – you know, in this case, like I know it's hypothetical. Yeah, I don't think it has an impact right now. But if he was like the permanent head coach and you benched your three-year starter, a guy that's leading the Pac-12 in passing yards for a true freshman, um, you got to have some clear evidence for that. You know, the evidence isn't there. It's just fans are wanting it, um, at least as far as on the field evidence. There might be evidence in practice if that's the case. But like Jackson Dart had a big game against Washington State, you know Keaton Slovis had a big game against Washington State last year. Yeah, uh, they just seem to match up pretty well. Washington State's been good since then, pretty much. Yeah, um, but USC just seems to match up well with that team. You know, if Dart played extremely well in the Arizona State game and Slovis struggled, like boom, go forward. You could argue Slovis played better than Dart in that game. Um, a little bit better percentage and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't very clear. So I, I think if you want to take out the incumbent, you probably need some good reason, and then you won't get crushed in recruiting. If you did it now and he was the permanent head coach, yeah, I think that people could use that against you. Yeah. but And I asked this on Tunnel Vision, you know, the long-term effects of kind of having this quarterback confusion, and you guys didn't seem like it was too big of a deal given the fact that the staff is probably temporary. Yeah, I mean, I think you get a pass. Everything is temporary right now. Like you're, yeah. you know, if you're gonna be like, "Hey, you did this," I'm like, "Okay, that was an interim coach," and blah blah blah, and that you know that coordinator is gonna be gone, that position coach is gonna be gone. Like, yeah, it's gonna be starting fresh. Like, yeah. we we admit we made a lot of mistakes, but we fired everyone, and now we're going starting again. Like, it's basically what you're gonna go with. Like, yeah, you- we get it. Things were screwed up. You're going to point that out? Yes. But all those people are gone, and now we're going to do it this way. Yeah, you can chalk it up to the wonky season that yeah. it is and was. We got a question, <clears throat> an email from our buddy Steve M. Poway, who says, Dear Ryan and Keeley, I have now seen enough of Coach Dante Williams and his role as interim head coach to really question Mike Bone's judgment. Williams' in-game calls are questionable at best. The two-quarterback situation is a disaster, and the messaging about player status and injuries is reminiscent of the worst aspects of Lane Kiffin's tenure at SC. I'm also not convinced that players are buying into his system in any significant way. In some, it feels like he's way in over his head. Has anyone asked Mike Bone why he promoted Dante Williams, who had never even served as a defensive coordinator before to interim head coach bone actually did have a coach on staff who has served as a head coach for three years running backs coach mike jinx and i have to believe that both harold and orlando felt disrespected when williams leapfrogged over them it sure feels like they are both phoning it in now thoughts steve and poway p.s thanks for bringing on dan weber on the podcast last week it was podcast gold steve thank you for that okay so there's gonna be decisions made um 
I don't think anyone felt that you promoted Dante Williams because he wasn't going to be over his head, that you felt he was going to just crush this. Um, anyone on that staff, I think, was going to be over their head. It's not just like you're taking over the USC program. You're taking over the USC program, two games in the system. You just got into the season. You just got crushed by Stanford. Yeah, Stanford's – we'll talk about them a little bit, by the way. Uh, they're not very good. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. I've used some words, colorful terms, you and have. people kind of got on me. Well – now they're back on my side, but they, so yeah, there was all that going on. Anyone, I mean, Mike Jiggs was not very good at Bowling Green, but he was at least running the, you know, running the show. Um, you know, neither coordinator had been a head coach before. I think anyone was going to be in over their heads. I think if you had hindsight and I would love to sit down with like Mike Bone and Brandon Zosna, like say they make a great hire. He turns things around in two years. We could sit down on a couch. Maybe it's off the record. Maybe we could talk about it and just be like, all right. I mean, I we we've had conversations with them about you need to get rid of Clay Helton. Like, like you know, the, the fans want ever like that's the smart thing to do. They had their reasons for not doing it. And some fans are still panning them for waiting. I think if you could look back now and they see what happened by waiting this long, even though there was like real legit reasons that they couldn't or they felt like they couldn't do it, I bet you they would go back and go, knowing what we know now, yes, it would be painful to fire him then, but it was more painful not to. That's my guess. Now, I would love to have like a, if it had to be off the record, like that couch conversation, like two years from now, not like tomorrow. Um, the other one would be about who you pick as the interim head coach because you're doing it potentially for recruiting purposes, but Recruiting has not been good. The yeah. certainly the game, you know, the games have not been good. Um, you know, there's reasons why you did it. Seeing how it played out, would you have done, you know, potentially done something different? Would you want a Mike Jenks who's actually run a team before and you feel like, oh, there's some of these aspects of just like calling timeouts or whatever that might be a little bit better? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure, but it, that would be a fun conversation to have a couple of years from now. Just be like, <laughs> Just between you and me over a beer. Like, should you have hired Jinx or Orlando or Harold or whatever? Like, I wonder. I don't know. What do you think, Keely? So it's my understanding that after the first year that Dante Williams was here, he did so well recruiting and was, like, in the national spotlight because of USC and whatnot. He was getting attention from everywhere. And this admin really loves Dante Williams for his work ethic, what he's done with recruiting, and how he's kind of revamped that that energy in recruiting for USC and so after the first year he was given that associate head coach title as a promotion um, and I think what came with that title was the understanding that if anything were to happen uh, Dante Williams would become the interim head coach so I don't think that was necessarily chosen oh okay that would make when sense. this happened and I think the whole what dictated when he became interim head coach was Helton coaching poorly in 2021 you know what I mean because I mean we could be having a very different conversation about Dante Williams if he took over with two games left it's like oh wow he's in like full pads and accountability and look they just won against Washington State and you know like I think the fact that it happened so quickly in the season he was just set up to fail because it's not and and this is the the quote I used from Eric McKinney and I said it on a a podcast a couple weeks ago like 
Helton was the boat driver. He was the captain of the ship. Dante Williams is just taking over and leading into the dock where it was already destined to be. You know yeah. what I mean? So there's only so much Dante Williams can do. And I think there's only so much anyone could have done in this position. You know, it's not great <laughs> because this is what led to a coach being fired. You know, the the product, the culture, everything. There's only so much you can do. So, I mean, I feel like, if, it, like I said, if the timing was different, I think we would have a different opinion of Dante Williams and his coaching ability um, but I think it would be hard for anyone who just stepped up into this position for the first time. Yeah. You know? It's like, you're, you're running a marathon, but you come out and you run like a super fast first mile and you're like, all right, this is amazing. You're like, Oh wait, I got 25 more to go. Like this wasn't yeah. like I'm finishing the season. This was like, I'm doing the entire season. Yeah. Um, what do you like, you know, those guys pretty well in the athletic department, you know, they keep everything close to the vest. They're not, they're not going to tell you whatever, but. Do you feel deep down they're like, man, we really should have just fired him two years ago or whatever? Clay Helton? Yeah. I I would assume so. Yeah. Yes. I think so. And but I think that there were a lot of variables. There were I th- I think they there had were so le- many variables. Legit reasons, like literally legit, legit reasons. And you were like, because if we do th- if we wait, here's how this could go down. But it just didn't go down like it didn't go down like that. Well, also, and here's the thing that I think everyone forgets because we've just accepted it for what it is. No one predicted the pandemic. The pandemic definitely hurt too. No one predicted that. That looks completely different. I mean, no pandemic, USC's playing Alabama the first game. What does that look like? Yeah. Is good. that is that a first game firing? Probably, given we know how short of a leash Helton had this season, you know? So and two like miracle comebacks to start the season, Arizona State and Arizona. Yeah, like there, if that doesn't happen. There's like, just a lot. There's a lot of variables that just you know. I don't know. And, and and I know publicly they say like Helton definitely helped them guide a very difficult time where don't forget how complicated LA County was with universities and playing sports, you know, apparently that helped them having a guy like Helton in the room to kind of help all that. But I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but yeah. Right. But, yeah. So I, 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 it's interesting for sure. Yeah. Definitely the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, we got a question from Steve, USC Class of 97, who said, Hi, guys. This is a question for Keeley and Ryan. A few weeks ago, USC great Anthony Munoz mentioned that there were at least 24 former USC players and assistants involved in the coaching search and talking to the search committee. Is this a good idea or a bad idea? First of all, former USC players have a terrible, terrible track record in selecting a USC coach. Second of all, I worry about paralysis by analysis. If there are too many voices in the room suggesting candidates all over the map, this could lead to more confusion rather than clarity. I'm afraid this is how USC could land on some NFL guy that no one else would even pursue. What are your thoughts? Thanks and find out on Steve, USC Class of 97. Hey, Steve. We'll get Keeley's thoughts in a second. Um, Yeah, so Carson Palmer came out and talked about stuff like this too. They are, I think... When you're talking search committee, I think there's two people. And I think it's Mike Bone and Brandon Sauce. Yeah. And I don't think they're calling Anthony Munoz and having a powwow with him. They might listen to him, probably listening to him. And I would say they're probably listening to a bunch of former players, Steve. But they're not like sharing, well, here's who we're going to offer and here's our ideas. Like, I don't think they're part of any kind of like search committee. This is going to be a decision made by the athletic department. Mike Bowen, Brandon Sosna, and and that's it. That's my my thoughts on this. Yeah, I would agree as well. I think it is a a uh, gesture to make sure that alums feel like they are involved with 
their university and that they feel like they are still connected to that in that sense. Not like these guys from Cincinnati are coming in who know nothing about USC and they're just going to do it on their own. You know, I think they're trying to make sure that they're uh, feel welcomed in that athletic department. But at the end of the day, like you said, I think Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna are going to do what they do and make the best decision. I don't think they're going to get swept away by too many voices in the room. No, you're going to keep things quiet. You don't invite 24 former players and, and, be an open book with them about what you're thinking. That's the then quickest way so to get much everything would get out, out at that point. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. That, that wouldn't happen. Hey, you know how Steve mentioned uh, some NFL guy that no one else would even pursue? What? Well, I, USC wouldn't do that, right? Like hire some guy that no one else would go after. Is that? Well, no one would, no one would want someone like that, right? Like, would you want to hire a coach that no one else would go after? I mean, Old USC, that's a different story. Oh, okay. No. Well, speaking of, we actually had a question related to that. Uh, it's I forgot who said it, but Ryan, he it was an email, and he said, Ryan and crew, you guys are awesome and doing your best during a difficult time for our Trojans. I'd love to hear all y'all's thoughts on Jack Del Rio. I think he'd, he'd bring us a championship, but nobody ever talks about him. He's a Super Bowl champion, and I'd play for him in a heartbeat. Your thoughts? Thanks I be- again. I believe this was Steve. Steve. Um, Thank you, Steve. Uh, thanks for the email, Steve. I'm going to be nice because... I Keely knows I'm not going, usually <laughs> not. Um, just So that's great that you would play for him. Um, I mean, I I probably would, but like I'm not trying to be a cultural ball powerhouse. And if you're trying to be a cultural ball powerhouse, I would want USC to hire someone that other people are going after. He's an NFL defensive coordinator right now. There's good open jobs that are like USC level, like LSU kind of jobs. Um there's going to be, you know, Texas Tech opened up, uh, TCU, um, you know, Virginia Tech might open up. Uh, there's jobs like that. You know, there's jobs like UConn, you know, that that opened up that are really hard and difficult. And no one has ever mentioned his name for any of those jobs. So if the only reason you would mention a coaching candidate for the USC job if the only reason is because he played at USC, then that's not the right reason to make the hire. And I know he's been an NFL head coach and stuff, but no other colleges are looking at him. No one's interviewing him. Colleges below USC's level of the hierarchy aren't looking at him. USC shouldn't look at him. Ryan, I'm really proud of you. Was I good? Was I nice? That was that was okay. pretty respectful. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Because I've had like I've had friend like or acquaintances like ask me and I went off on them about them. Like that's are different. You, are you insane? Like yeah. That's different when you're like in person and they can see that you still like them and are joking. Right. Yes. Versus on a podcast heard by thousands. Right. <laughs> it's a little different. Okay. We got an email from Steve, USC class of 97, who said, Hey guys, this is a question for Ryan and Keeley. Last week, Colin Cowherd mentioned USC might be concerned about paying too much money for a new head coach's assistance, which would be a sticking point in attracting a top flight coach. In your opinion, is this a legitimate area of concern? Could Mike Bone really lose out on a coach he wants over money? Or do you think they would be willing to pay what it takes to land their guy? Thanks and fight on Steve, USC class of 97. Hey, Steve, um, I didn't hear, I watch a lot of Colin. I haven't heard him say that specifically. I know he's more of a, like, he wants a big splash NFL kind of hire. Um, they talked about like Matt rule on his show today a little bit. Like if he was someone that would want to come back to college, like he should be like the number one choice for like a LSU or a USC. And I, I wouldn't disagree. Um, 
I mean, someone that was like a successful college head coach who's now an up and coming NFL head coach, but like decides like, you know what, this NFL stuff just not for me. He's already proven it at both levels. Like I, I someone like that you would like. Um, but no, I have not heard this. I, I mean, I think Lindsey Gottlieb, the women's basketball head coach, was basically told like, what do you need? We'll we'll get it. And I, I think that's that's what we've seen from this athletic department. That yeah. Finances haven't been now. Did they want to fire Clay Helton when they had to pay him like forty million dollars in a buyout? No, I I get it. Like, but I don't think that they were going to like. Well, we can't get that guy because we wouldn't get his assistance. I, I I don't think that's going to be a problem. And it will be an adjustment because they're probably going to be paying a lot of money for somebody and a lot of money for their assistance. So it's going to be a little bit different than the bargain basement hunting that you were doing before. Yeah, it's definitely from everything we know, just from sourcing and whatnot about this athletic admin they are really they put a lot of work into leading up to this point to making this higher and i don't think they're gonna let financials get in the way like their reputation is on this and i think they're very aware of that and i think they're gonna be i mean they told clay helton they'll give him the support and resources that he needs they're definitely gonna do that for the hire that they want so i don't see that being a concern yeah we have a voicemail has a a coaching search aspect to it so i'll play it for you okie doke Hello, my name is John McKinn. I live in Gatsby, California. This is about 100 miles from USC. But I'm uh, thinking uh, a good coach uh, prospect would be uh, Fritz Peterson from Boise State. He had a good record there. He's a commentator on TV now. No one has mentioned his name unless he don't want to coach anymore. But he's 57. He has a great record at Boise State. Um, um, you know, as she should consider him. All right, thank you. Thanks for the uh, voicemail there. Um, he also coached at Washington and took him to a playoff. So there's that in his resume. Uh, Clay Hilton beat him that year, though, head to head in in uh, Seattle. So uh, some people will get on that. He also signed some kind of deal to be like an NIL person for the university of washington so he's helping out with that he also quit coaching you know yeah at 55 years old or whatever it was um and just walked away and washington's pretty much a mess now with jimmy lake his like hand-picked successor yeah it's pretty bad up there right now so there's there's definitely good and bad um i the impression i get is that he doesn't want to come back to be a coach and his name has definitely come up before and we've had him on i think we still have him on the hot board and we did at some point if we don't on our uscfootball.com hotboard but um yeah uh I, the fact that he's now working with a university like in a college capacity and he's doing his tv work my guess is that's kind of where he's going to stay so yeah the word on the street is that he doesn't want to get back into coaching yeah. that seems to be the overall sentiment so i think that's why he's not mentioned as much because i think everyone just assumes that he's done yeah yeah and the fact that he's doing some kind of college work yeah with the place he just was you know the yeah. last place he coached yeah that's you ever look like writing on the wall stuff? It's like, yeah, he ain't coming back. Yeah. Never say never. Never say never. Mike Tomlin said, never say never. But he's pretty much said never. Yep. We got an email from our buddy Dan, class of 1962, who said, Hi, Keely, Ryan, and Dan. I had to include Dan in the greeting because it was so great to hear him again with Ryan and Keely. Thank you. And Ryan, thank you for encouraging Dan to write a weekly USC column with his take on the program. I love Dan's take on the coaching situation with Fickle First and Aranda in the wings. Either would be head coach. Either would be head and shoulders above the former coaches of the 10 last years. Uh, great teams always have 
the attitude of the next man up to deal with injuries. Ryan and Keeley, who do you see stepping up to fill in Drake London's huge shoes? There are a lot of potential candidates, and I would like to know your take on Brew McCoy returning to the Trojans next year. Fight on, Dan, class of 1962. Hey, Dan. Um, I'm not really encouraged that anyone's going to step up and take that role. You know, like, they what? just need to have a competent-looking offense. Yeah. Uh, it was nice. So, Taj Washington had, like, nine catches in the game, I think, you know. Um I want to see, I want to see more Kyle Ford. You know, I want to see more of that. Yeah, but it's pretty clear there's a drop off, like significant drop off after Drake London. So it's not like, oh, you're gonna plug in the next guy and he's gonna like do Drake London. Like, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anyone kind of re- obviously reaching that level. But anyone, I, I kind of hoped we'd see as the season progressed, guys would continue to develop and kind of make their mark, as we've seen in prior seasons, but that didn't really happen. I mean, I thought Gary Bryant was definitely a candidate for that. Haven't fully seen that. Taj Washington, I don't think he's being used to the best of his ability in that sense. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's disappointing considering that USC usually is known for its wide receiver talent, and we're just not seeing that. And that's something we identified from the very start. I mean, in spring camp, we said that, you know, there were chemistry issues, and I just, it, it's been odd to see it just because – in my time of covering USC, there's just been, it's been a no brainer. USC's wide receivers just do their thing and make <laughs> those crazy catches, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. crazy. Um, we had a, <laughs> you mentioned this earlier, Ryan, we had an email. It might be, I think it needs to go into uh parasol podcast email hall of fame. Okay. All it is, is just a screenshot of the ESPN scores from November 5th. Mm hmm. And it's Utah Stanford, and the score is circled. <laughs> and the score is Utah fifty-two, and Stanford seven. And the only part, the only like the words in the email is Stanford is butt. Yeah, <laughs> Frank and San Clemente. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Um, yeah. Now, <laughs> McKee didn't play. They they've definitely been a little bit different team when McKee plays. He didn't play in this one. I don't think he's going to be playing this weekend. Uh, Stanford's three and six. They lose this weekend. They're out of the bowl picture. They still got Notre Dame left on the schedule. Um, I mean, this is a three and nine, four and eight kind of team right now. So, yes, they beat the crap out of USC. People got on me for saying Stanford was butt. They're pretty butt. You know, like this is pretty bad. Like you, I think we're going to have them eleventh at our Pac-12 power rankings, just above Arizona. Um, they're not trending in the right direction and, uh, no. they're not, they're not a very good, you know, program. Uh, yeah. So people that were on me, do you feel redemption a lot? Yeah. Okay. A lot of redemption, you know? So you like we could be wrong a lot, you know, we obviously. are wrong a lot. <laughs> like, there's just, you know, they're not a good football team. And the fact that they beat the crap out of USC and everyone else did too, that that's kind of shows you what's going on. Like, you know, Oregon state's struggling right now. That's, uh, that makes me mad. I thought they'd be pretty good and they're, they're not looking good. They're, they're bad on the road. Oregon state, just so you know, they are, uh, one in four on the road. Uh, you know who they beat on the road? I think I was there for that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think I know and like, yeah, they lost to Cal. Like, like they've, They've not looked good. Now they beat Utah. Like they so weird. Yeah, that was so home. weird. <laughs> but on the road, they're they just fired their defensive coordinator, you know. Um after Cal scored like more points. Or no, was it Colorado? No, did Colorado score the most points on them? Like, yeah, I think it was Colorado or whatever. 
here, I'll pull it up right now. Yeah, so it's like they fired their defensive coordinator, and you thought that this was going to be like a pretty good team, but they they've really been bad on the road. Yeah, Colorado put up thirty seven uh, on them. How is that possible? Cal put up thirty nine on them. You know, like so. Those are two road games, and they lost both of those. But for USC, you know, they had USC in like the the teens in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, the pack the Pac twelve is weird. But Stanford is most assuredly, but <laughs> most <laughs> assuredly, but oh my goodness, like yeah. Uh, we had a question from Mav Eleven who said, "Will the new coach keep Dante at least for recruiting? What is your over under bets?" Yeah, I think I'm trending. I was like, you know, ninety percent sure that they would do it. It's trending the other way for me a little bit now. Explain. I would say, um, one, recruiting isn't doing anything right now, so that doesn't really help. But, I mean, he could come in and, like, be – the continuity factor would certainly help. Yeah. But the fact that he's been the head coach for 10 games – or he's going to be the head coach for 10 games, um, and there's going to be a major culture change, right? There's going to be guys that are like, whoa – Wait, we can't do that anymore, and we can. And Dante will sort of be like the tie to the old ways, you know. Even if he doesn't like them, it's hard for him to come in and say, "Oh, you were slacking off here. You can't do that anymore." He started off saying that kind of stuff, but it doesn't seem like that's really it's, stuck, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, the new coach will make it stick, and there's going to be turnover on the roster. Like you could run guys off. Chip Kelly did it. Like people do it. You run guys off. Yeah. Guys are gonna be run off. The guy that they would be clinging to would be any coach that's left over, if it's like Dante Williams. Um, so I think there would be a huge benefit for recruiting, for sure. But just the fact that it's not his fault that he's tied up in like being the interim head coach for 10 games, I, it might be like a crutch for some of these players, and it could cause some sort of divide. So I don't know. I'm, huh, I'm okay. a little – I'm still pretty sure that they'll keep him, but I'm less sure than I was like – Two months ago, I guess. It's- I think they would want to keep him just because he's such a dynamic recruiter. But like, what will Dante want to do? Like, I like despite how he's doing as an interim head coach and and these these losses that USC has, I think he's still a very valuable coaching candidate just for his recruiting ability. And so, will he get a ton of interest once the season dies down? I don't know. From I mean, other people, yeah, yeah, and, from and, other programs. And do you want to go back to your role, like? Yeah, I, I. You're gonna go. I'm gonna go with the cornerbacks coach again, or the whole secondary. Like that's a pretty far drop from the head coach. Yeah, I don't know where Dante's head is at in that sense, and whether or not he's even had time to think about that, considering he has so many other uh, duties and responsibilities. But yeah, it. I, I don't know. That's something to watch out for, and something that I've heard, Seth Dagey might be someone that USC will try and keep, just because he's been pretty uh, effective as far as offensive recruiting, especially with quarterbacks. He's kind of the the quarterback whisperer as far as far as recruiting, and so I think that's someone uh-huh. that USC will try and you know hang on to if they can. And let me make this clear because people have asked and stuff before. I am not an advocate of the administration or anyone at USC saying, "Hey, you're our next head coach, but you got to keep this guy or that guy or these guys." Like, no. And I don't think the new head coach you hire whoever the hell you want and fire whoever the hell you want. That's your job. Yeah, and I think USC, this new admin, would be in that camp of like, 
we're get, we're hiring you to do what you do. Right. So do it. We would we would th- here's the reasons why we think you should keep Dante Williams. If the guy comes in and it's like, nope, not doing it. Like, okay, it, yeah. you got your reasons. We we hired you to win a crap load of football games, and I'm not going to tell you how to do it. We hired you to do it. Yeah. If 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 I need, if I could do it, I would do it myself. But I can't, so I hired you to do it. You keep who you want. You fire who you want. You delegate. Um, we have two more emails. First one is from Sergeant Rodney Strong, who's a U.S. Army retired, fitting on Veterans Day. Yeah, Thank you for your service. Your service. He says, well, I predicted USC losing that one. Our offense is like a soggy soup sandwich. It's painful to watch them struggle in so many areas of the game. It makes me even more upset knowing that for the past six seasons, our head coach was a man that no other Power 5 team wanted and got a new head coaching job at Georgia Southern. So we basically had a Georgia Southern quality head coach driving our program into the dirt. I applaud these players and coaches trying to make the best out of the situation, but the damage that Clay Helton has done is too great. What do you guys think? Also, I think my bone could really spark some passion in the fan base by letting people know candidates and who they are talking to and make contact with. All of this secret squirrel stuff they are doing is too much. Anyway, thanks for letting me speak. Hope to hear from you guys soon and fight on. Sergeant Strong. Hey, Sergeant Strong. Thanks again for your service. Um, Yeah, I mean, you essentially, (laughs) it's a good point. Like USC essentially hired a Georgia Southern head coach. Like that's who they hired. Um, that's looks like the best job he was going to be able to get. He was at the right place at the right time at USC. Uh, it didn't work out. Um, but you know, he was still appealing enough to a place like Georgia Southern because he won a Rose bowl and won a Pac-12 championship game. Soggy soup sandwich. I don't know if I've tried that, but uh, I do like, you can't really do a lot of sandwiches, but the, you get like cold day, little tomato soup, grilled cheese sandwich. I like that. But you don't want it to be soggy. You kind of dip it in there, but you don't want it to be soggy there. So is that really a thing? Soggy soup sandwich? I don't know. I'm not sure what that is. Oh, you made it sound like it was. I, I'm trying to think of like if I... Soup and sandwich goes together pretty you well. You do like a roast beef dip. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Those be a little <laughs> soggy. The roast beef dip's good. Uh, the, the, the secrecy stuff is interesting because obviously they're doing this because you feel like that's going to give you the best... You, you don't want things to get out. You want... You want to be holding all the cards, right? Like you don't want this candidate to know you talk to that candidate or whatever. Um, there's a definitely a secret squirrel to this. And my concern would be, it seems like they're putting a lot of focus on the secret squirrel stuff. And if you're taking away from the actual hiring stuff, because like you can't keep something secret, I'm not saying that's happening, but I would be a little concerned. There's, it does seem like a little over the top secret squirrel stuff. How would that work though? How would that take away from the process? Well, okay. We want to talk to candidate A, but the only way we could talk to him is if we go through this agent and he's going to tell people, we're not going to talk to, we don't want to get anything out there. So like, if you don't talk to someone, cause you feel like you could leak, something could leak, No, but he's like an actual candidate. I'm not saying that's happening, but like, that's where, just- that's an example of if you're limiting, if you're focusing more on the secret squirrel than the actual hiring the guy. That would be bad. I don't think they would do that. I, I, I don't, don't get so that either, sense. But it seems like there's a lot of secret squirrel. Oh, yeah. But they, they pride themselves on their secretness. But to be fair, how I many... Want, I want you to pride yourself on the hiring, which they will. <laughs> like, you're, you're saying this before they've even announced their right. hire. You're like we got a secret prematurely right criticizing them before anything's happened. That's what we do here. <laughs> Ryan, that's not good. That's not no, good. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not being... Criticized. Sorry, I'm not trying to come off as being critical of them. I'm saying there does seem like a lot of secret squirrel focus, just like 
you know, uh, Sergeant Strong was saying, which is fine. Like, if that helps you get the best head coach, perfect, you know? Yeah. I just want to be. If it comes out later, like, well, we were going to talk to this guy, but we couldn't have kept quiet. Like, well, then, yeah, absolutely criticize. Yeah. I just want to be fair right now. And we have no indication that that's happening. We have no indication that's happening. And I'm very aware of how many years we just bashed USC for leaking like none other. Right. And so the fact that that's not happening now and now you're criticizing them for not leaking, I just, that feels a little wrong to me. I think we're just used to criticizing. It's fun. No, it's a, it is. It, Don't include we in that. It, I know if you for sure would tell me <laughs> offline, but I would. <laughs> My goodness, but I would, <laughs> you set yourself up. No, I, I would did. say this is, and I've done radio interviews, and we've talked about this. And just to people be clear, like this is a much more professional search than anything we've seen since yeah. our time covering the Trojans. Longer for me than for Keeley. Um, it is definitely, you know, well, the proof will be in the pudding, like who you end up getting. Yeah. But this has been much more professional. And is it more secret squirrely? Yes. But that, that there's a level of professionalism there because of that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so yes, I mean, there's a little tongue in cheek or whatever, but it is so much more professional than what was done before. This isn't like call your, your old friend and like, oh, that would be great. If we got those guys, like, I'll be like, not. Yeah. There's going to be much more thought that is put into this one. Yes, for yeah. sure. And don't get me wrong. If they end up hiring Neil Calloway to be the next head coach, criticize to the cows Crush come home. Them. Yes. I'm not saying that they don't deserve to be criticized. I'm just saying. You're just an apologist. It's TBD. I get it. I get it's it. TBD right now. That's all I'm saying. It's That's very all much TBD, I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. We got one final email, and it's from Mark. And he said, I heard that the Pac-12 was the only Power 5 conference with part-time officials. Is that accurate? And is there a difference in compensation for officials in the Power 5 leagues for football and basketball? Mark. Hey, Mark. Uh, that is not accurate. So officials in college football are not full-time employees. So it does, it's not a Pac-12 thing. It's a college football thing. At the NFL, they're full-time. Um, I don't know. I tried to ask. Uh, I saw this question earlier, and I talked to a couple Pac-12 Sources don't know what the compensation difference is between like a Pac-12 official and a Big Big 12 official. I know the Big 12 had some kind of deal with the Mountain West, and they were there was overlap there. Um, there is an officiating problem, though. I don't think it's from what you're saying here. It's like part-time or compensation-wise. Uh, you just have some really bad officials, and I think George Klyovkov didn't quite um, realize that uh going into you know into the season i think he does now um but you know going forward i think he's that was one of those things that wasn't maybe low-hanging fruit to start but now he's like okay this is something we have to fix all right well that'll do it here on the parastel podcast uh good stuff man we went hour 15 minutes so there's no game when there's no game how the hell do we do that i don't know without dan weber with no, yeah dan that was fun <laughs> i hope people like dan that was good that's fun yeah we got to have him back on and stuff mm-hmm. so uh, all right. Well, we're going to wrap things up. We got another podcast to do. Uh, David you have Woods. Another podcast I have another one. Do. David Woods is here. You want to stick around for that one, Keely, or no? I mean, we did get a tweet the other day that they were saying, How am I going to keep you guys in line if I'm not on the podcast? Hold on. Let me put David's microphone. There's a, David's Hello. here. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Can we get a COVID canceled from you? COVID canceled. Oh, beautiful. Nice. That's, that's incredible. awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's David Woods. We're doing the podcast of champions. Uh, so make sure you go check that out. But uh, let's wrap things up. For Keely Yor, I am Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Parastyle Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. 
People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 